0: and ladies welcome to the junior classics hi there i'm sir bradley hassey a teller of borrowed tales join me as i share stories of courage adventure and wonder but don't take my word for it you can find out for yourself on today's junior classic my son you ought to fast before you go to war surround him surround him run up run up we know you Manabazo. how it blows It must be from the South. It was you that killed my grandfather. Maniposa, your enemy has a weak point. Greetings, Junior Scholars. I am Sir Bradley Hassey, guardian of the written word, and your guide through the Junior Classics. Our mission is to safeguard the classics and inspire children to a love of good reading and a real and lasting interest in Western literature and history. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us, and a very special thank you to my loyal listeners who tune in each and every episode, and especially my Patreon supporters who help keep the show going and growing. If you like what we are doing, creating stories for the good of your kids, consider supporting me on Patreon for five shekels a month. The best way to help, however, is to tell a friend about the show and ask them to listen. If you want to reach me, send me a letter to P.O. Box 1153, Crown Point, Indiana 46308. Any listener who sends in an art project based on a story will, in return, receive some Junior Classics bookmarks. Now, today, we continue our series, Tales of the American Indians, with the story why the woodpecker has red feathers. But before we get to the story. Lost and found words! Listen carefully to these words and their meanings and try and spot them during the story. Our first word today is excursion with an e, excursion. This is a short journey or trip, especially one engaged in as a leisure activity. So an excursion is a fun short trip. Our second word is fast. Now fast, not as in quick, but to abstain, to not partake in all or some kinds of food or drink, especially as a religious observance. Our third word today is forlorn with an F, forlorn. This means to be pitifully sad and abandoned or lonely. Other words that mean the same thing are unhappy, miserable, or downcast. Our fourth word is sentinel with an S, sentinel. This is a soldier or guard whose job is to stand and keep watch. And our last word today is pitch, not pitch a baseball, but a sticky resinous black or dark brown substance that is semi-liquid when hot and hard when cold. It is made by distilling tar or petroleum and is often used for waterproofing. That's all for today's Lost and Found Words. Now, on to the show! Why is the red picker has wet scissors? But it's all a cool craft. When his wounds had all been cured by his grandmother's skill in medicine, Manabozo, as big and sturdy as ever, was ripe for new adventures. He set his thoughts immediately upon a war excursion against the Pearl Feather, a wicked old Manitou living on the other side of the Great Lake who had killed his grandfather. He began his preparations by making huge bows and arrows without number but he had no arrowheads. At last his grandmother Noko told him that an old man who lived at some distance could furnish him with some, and he sent her to get them. Though she returned with her wrapper full, he told her that he had not enough and sent her again for more. In the meantime, he thought to himself, I must find out the way of making these heads. Instead of directly asking how it was done, He preferred, just like Manabozo, to deceive his grandmother in order to learn what he wanted by a trick. Noko, while I take my drum and rattle and sing my war songs, do you go and try to get me some larger heads? For these you have brought me are all of the same size. Go and see whether the old man is not willing to make some a little larger. He followed her at a distance as she went, having left his drum at the lodge with a great bird tied at the top, whose fluttering wings should keep up the drum beat, the same as if he were standing there beating the drum himself. He saw the old workman busy and learned how he prepared the heads. He also beheld the old man's daughter, who was very beautiful. Manabozo discovered for the first time that he had a heart of his own, and the sigh he heaved passed through the arrowmaker's lodge like a young gale of wind. How it blows, said the old man. It must be from the south. It is so fragrant. Manabozo slipped away, and in two strides he was at home, shouting forth his songs as though he had never left the lodge. He had just time to untie the bird which had been beating the drum when his grandmother came in and gave him the big arrowheads. My son, you ought to fast before you go to war, as your brothers do, to find out whether you will be successful or not. He said he had no objection, having privately stored away in a shady place in the forest two or three dozen juicy bears, a moose, and 20 strings of the tenderest birds. He would retire from the lodge so far as to be entirely out of view of his grandmother, and fall to and enjoy himself heartily. At nightfall, having dispatched a dozen birds and half a bear or so, he would return, tottering and forlorn, as if quite famished, so as to make his grandmother feel sorry for him. When he had finished his term of fasting, in the course of which he slyly dispatched twenty fat bears, six dozen birds, and two fine moose, Manabozo sung his war song and embarked on his canoe, fully prepared for war. Besides his weapons, he took along a large supply of oil. He traveled rapidly, night and day, for he had only to will or speak, and the canoe went. At length, he arrived in sight of the fiery serpents and stopped to study them. He noticed that they were of enormous length and of a bright color, that they were some distance apart, and that the flames which poured forth from the mouths reached across the pass. So he said good morning and began talking with them in a very friendly way. They were not to be deceived, however. his canoe, as if about to go back, he suddenly cried out with a loud and terrified voice. (gasps) What is that behind you? The serpents, thrown off their guard, instantly turned their heads, and in a moment, Manabozo glided silently past them. Well, how about it, said Manabozo to himself. He then took up his bow and arrows, and with deliberate aim, shot every one of them easily the serpents were fixed to one spot, and could not even turn around. Having thus escaped the sentinel serpents, Manabozo pushed on in his canoe, until he came to a part of the lake called Pitch Water, as whatever touched it was sure to stick fast. But Manabozo was prepared with his oil, and rubbing his canoe freely with it from end to end, he slipped through with ease, and he was the first person who had ever succeeded in passing through the pitch water. Nothing like a little oil. Having by this time come in view of land, he could see the lodge of the shining Manitou high upon a distant hill. At the dawn of day, he put his club and arrows in order and began his attack, yelling and shouting and beating his drum and calling out so as to make it appear that he had many followers. Surround him, surround him. Run up, run up! He stalked bravely forward, shouting aloud, It was you that killed my grandfather! and shot off a whole forest of arrows. The pearl feather appeared on the height, blazing like the sun, and paid back Manabozho with a tempest of bolts, which rattled like hail. All day long the fight was kept up, and Manabozho had fired all of his arrows but three without effect for the shining Manitou was clothed in pure wampum. It was only by immense leaps to right and left that Manabozo could save his head from the sturdy blows which fell about him on every side like pine trees from the hands of the Manitou. He was badly bruised and at his very wit's end when a large woodpecker flew past and lit on a tree. It was a bird he had known on the prairie near his grandmother's lodge, Manabozo, your enemy has a weak point. Shoot at the lock of hair on the crown of his head. The first arrow he shot only drew a few drops of blood. The Manitou made one or two unsteady steps, but recovered himself. He began to parley, but Manabozo, now that he had discovered a way to reach him, was in no humor to trifle, and he let slip another arrow, which brought the shining Manitou to his knees. Having the crown of his head within good range, Manabozo shot his third arrow, and the Manitou fell forward upon the ground, dead. Manabozo called the woodpecker to come and receive a reward for the timely hint he had given him, and he rubbed the blood of the shining Manitou on the woodpecker's head, the feathers of which are red to this day. Full of his victory, Manabozo returned home, beating his war drum furiously, and shouting aloud his song of triumph. His grandmother was on the shore to welcome him with the war dance, which she performed with wonderful skill for one so far advanced in years. The end. I hope you enjoyed learning how the woodpecker got his red feathers. I really like these American Indian tales. Next time, we'll read about how Manabozo was changed into a wolf. Until next time, I am Sir Bradley Hessey. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. Now for you parents out there, I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. This is a rescue operation to preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit. We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the Junior Classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to Podcast at gmail.com. You're listening to the Junior Classics. <laughs>